Awesome sauce, Mr. Titan. Thank you very much. We are here today on Faz Radio with uh, with crypto lawyer and crypto OD, Jesse Hines. I asked him that behind the scenes uh, a little bit earlier. Um, Jesse is going to tell us about a company that he's starting uh, that's, if I understand it correctly, is it a lot like Kickstarter, but for crypto securities. And with that bomb thrown out there, uh, maybe I'll let uh, I'll let Jesse correct me. What's up, Jesse? Hey, how are you? Uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so the company that I, I just launched, it's called Seedstarter. Um, like you said, it's like Kickstarter. It's Kickstarter meets investing. Um, essentially, in, when you when a company wants to raise funds, they come to the platform and they say, hey, look, this is how much money we're looking for. And this is what we're willing to offer people in terms of their investment. Um, and they can issue that investment, whether it's a paper security like typical or, you know, the cool thing that we're going to be doing is blockchain securities, you know, so you can have a token or you can have an NFT that is a registered security um, and registered with the SEC, not approved by the SEC. They don't specifically approve these things, but they do allow the registrations to happen. Um, so that's the general sense of the platform. And uh, it allows regular unaccredited investors, you know, the non-millionaires, not 1%. To be able to actually get an opportunity to get in to invest in these companies early stage rather than having to wait for them to ipo and go public so but these are this is all so only associated with crypto right or is it in addition to crypto no i mean blockchain is one big focus of mine because i really think that this can innovate blockchain in the way that blockchain companies have raised funds but any company can come to my platform um you know things that i'm targeting are things like artists who are looking for royalties um, you know, who rather than going to some kind of label who might own them, will be able to fundraise through selling royalties. And those royalties, they can choose to deliver on blockchain or not on blockchain. That's totally up to them. Okay, so so unlike Kickstarter, you're you're purchasing a part of a company with 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 this rather than a product. Yeah, I mean, they, some companies might decide to deliver you a product as well as like an incentive. But the general sense is you might get stock in the company. You might have some kind of interest that turns into the stock and the, turns into stock in the company at some point down the road. And what I'm really trying to push as the future is royalty interests, where um, rather than getting stock in a company or getting a future stock in the company, you actually invest in a passive income from that company's success. Okay, um, I, I'd like to ask more along those lines, but I've been totally ignoring Mr. Titan here. So, uh, Mr. Titan, you want to say something before I go into my other questions? No. So I, I just I think this is fantastic coming from uh, a background in financial planning and securities myself. This is this immediately struck me as holy cow. Um, so your background going from law into investing, how, how hard was that transition? Well, it was odd. I mean, you know, I left law school as an estate planning attorney, you know, so like I was doing wills and powers of attorneys. Uh, and, uh, you know, then I got into more complex planning and then I fell in love with cryptocurrency and blockchain. And I added that, you know, I, I took all of my, you know, my CLEs, all my continuing legal, legal education courses, learning securities laws, learning IP law, learning, you know, everything surrounding that and then created my kind of, you know, incubator um, blockchain cryptocurrency law part of my firm. And, uh, you know, then I went in-house for a crypto company. Um, and that was like the, the craziest change in my life. You know, like I, I went from a small practice, you know, doing wills and helping regular people to like working with a multi-billion dollar company uh, to now being in like a, a whole new, you know, crazy industry. But it's exciting. Was was this something that you would long to do, like go out on your own at some point? Was this always like a plan of yours? Um, well, I mean, I think that I've always been a person who likes to create things you know i mean i was 27 i think when i left my first firm and decided to open up my own law firm which isn't like something that you would generally advise a 27 year old lawyer who's had four years of experience um <laughs> you know to just be like hey i'm gonna do this and see what happens um i wouldn't say that i knew when i went in house i probably thought i was going to be there for a lot longer 
um, you know, with the last company that I was at. Um, but I think I always knew at some point, you know, whether it was with them, I was going to start something or, you know, on my own. Very cool. Mr. Faz. All right. So um, I want to get more into this whole security notion because um, I've been in crypto for a while since 2017. And uh, basically what I've understood uh, since getting into crypto is that crypto is not an investment. Crypto generally aren't securities. Well, <laughs> they aren't investments. Uh, we, we like to think that they aren't securities. Uh, some other people seem to think otherwise, but that's currently under official debate right now. Um, but whatever the case is, I personally don't like to invest in a crypto that might be a security, but maybe I've gotten it wrong. Um, you know, my thought was that crypto securities are bad uh, and, you know, they're just currencies and they're decentralized and stuff. How is this better? Because I would think that a crypto security would be centralized to a single company kind of managing the future of whatever they're offering, like a token or whatever. Yeah. There's a lot there. So I'm going to try to unpack it. And if I forget something, please tell me. And if I talk too long, also tell me. <laughs> um, because that's that's like that is the crux of everything here, right? Um, and and that, you know when you especially when you're on crypto Twitter, when you when you see a lot of things about blockchain and securities and crypto securities, it's always inherently bad. Everyone thinks that it's bad to be a security and it's bad um, to be registered as a security, and that's mostly because what they're afraid of is finding out that they've invested in unregistered securities. Because if you've been involved in an unregistered security and then you find out that it's a security, um, everything you've invested in might be gone. You know, you, it's just like everything you did, everything that you were hoping for, it's 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 kaput, right? It's gone. Um, but the idea of issuing a security intentionally, saying, hey, I am going to fundraise, and I recognize that I don't have a product right now, or I only have a semblance of a product, and I recognize that I'm going to take this money and I'm going to build this product for people. And you know, going and saying, I'm going to intentionally register this blockchain asset or this non-blockchain asset, whatever it is, this is a security with the SEC, isn't bad. It's it's good. And you know, there are examples where the SEC has, you know, they don't say, okay, we've confirmed this is a security, but they also, you know, haven't pushed back or, or said no. People have been able to issue tokens through security offerings and then continue with operations and haven't seen issues from the SEC yet. Um, so what essentially happens is you take those early purchases, you know, when a company sells you something early days and they do it in fundraising, they don't really know what they're building. The problem is, is they can't really make proper promises to you. They don't know what they're creating for you. Um, but when you offer it as security, they are obligated to make specific promises to you and they have to put those promises in a filing with the SEC. And if they don't meet those promises, you know, they, there are serious repercussions for them. Whereas kind of in the blockchain space, if I buy this monkey JPEG and someone told me I was going to be able to stake that monkey JPEG and that never came down the line, you know, I don't really have, I mean, I might have some, might be able to sue them, but if they're out of business or they are in some other country or whatever, and I don't know who they are because they're just some random person on Twitter, you know, you don't have the protections that you do with the security. Um, and I'm sorry, I know I'm rambling, but the, the last part of what you said is, you know, what about the centralized entity thing? You are right. When, when there is a security, um, there is a centralized entity that has control and they have to have levels of control. And those levels of control are supposed to be for your protection. And this isn't going to be for everybody. If you're looking for that asset that's untraceable and decentralized, investing in a crypto and blockchain security isn't going to be great. But if you want to invest in the next Google or the next, you know, that big blockchain gaming company, that big blockchain movie, uh, movie company, you're, you're going to expect that to be centralized. And for their success to be able to be passed on to you, you have to understand that it's going to be centralized. Okay. So let me get this straight. So my understanding of the whole concept of cryptocurrencies and, and the blockchain stuff is right now, the idea of things being uncentralized, and not controlled is what's so interesting about crypto and cryptocurrencies. Um, it sounds like crypto securities would be another product or another layer or just another area where crypto could be useful. It, it doesn't sound like it, it would replace what we all 
or what a lot of the OGs kind of really love about crypto, but it's it's growing, but in a different way, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'd say it can do two things for it. One is, you know, blockchain, it, it was definitely invented partially as like this decentralized thing that's going to change the world in terms of like destroy centralization, right? That's great. Um, but then blockchain has evolved to the point where there are just like nominal use cases that it's good for just for tracing of ownership, right? Like owning a real estate deed, being able to prove that you own this house on the blockchain, that's never going to be centralized. It always has to be registered with a government agency. That's how real estate works. Um, but, you know, that's like a new thing for blockchain or being able to trace that um, this apple came from that farm, right? You know, and, and you know that that same farm had all these issues with these apples. Um, so maybe you don't want to eat that apple. And you got that solely by scanning the QR code, which was able to track where it came from. You know, that's going to be a centralized thing too. That can't really be decentralized. Um, but in the case of decentralization, let's say that I wanted to create my own company. I decided that I want that company to have NFTs and this decentralized token. Um, I have two options. Well, there's many options, but let's say that I want to fundraise through the use of my token. I have one option where I can just directly sell the token to users. Now, the issue with that is if done improperly, it could be a security. It could be an illegal security. The other option is something that like what I'm offering where a company could say, hey, you know, I know that I haven't created it yet. This token itself isn't going to be a security. I have no intention of it being a security, but I'm going to package and sell it in a security. And then when the tokens get delivered, those tokens are still not securities. The offering itself was a security. The fundraising was a security. And that would get rid of all these issues of, you know, did these companies sell unlawful, you know, unregistered securities? The security is, is despite what the SEC is saying, security is usually not the asset itself. It's the sale of the asset. That's the problem. Okay. Go ahead, Mr. Titan. <laughs> all right. I was going to so, go, but I heard you. No, if you want to keep on this, I was I was going to go into the platform itself and and explain, have Jesse explain how it actually works. You have two parties to it, so if you want to keep on this track of of the tokens and wrapping them, maybe great, just but, a little, maybe just a little bit more because I'm I'm just I'm really interested in how this adds to crypto and can work with it. So it's that's that's the part I wasn't getting. I wasn't uh, until just now. So I, I wasn't realizing that you can you can package a decentralized token as part of a security offering, and it's the very offering of raising money that's the security part. And if you cover mm -hmm. that, then you still could have, you know, uh, your DeFi token or your gaming token be a decentralized token. It's just that that offering part that's, that's the security. Yeah. That's what I find interesting. Yeah, and you can look at some examples of this happening recently. I mean, very recently, I was involved in, a, in an offering uh, of LimeWire token. I don't know if you've seen, but LimeWire's back. You know, if you remember oh, wow. from a while ago, LimeWire was not the most uh, reputable company, but they're trying to be like an entertainment company now. Somebody, I guess, bought the IP. And um, there's a platform called Republic, which is a funding portal, which is very close to, you know, it's essentially what mine is kind of modeled off of the general idea. Um, and I bought LimeWire token on the platform. And it was, it's a legally, uh, it was a file, a security that was filed at the SEC through a Form C, but they're delivering that token. That token is intentionally intended to be a, uh, not a security, a utility token. The security was just that I, like, there was an agreement that was like a SAFT agreement. It was, uh, it's like a token for a sale of, you know, tokens, and they deliver those tokens. Those are the utility tokens for the platform, but not secure. I mean, who knows what the SEC may say one day, but they're not securities right now, at least, you know, they haven't been accused of being securities. Well, that's 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 another uh, ball of wax right there. Is how the yeah. SEC actually determines something. Which, if we, I'm sure we've all been watching the, the Ripple case, the SEC versus Ripple, where they seem to be going out of their way to say, uh, "We don't want to define it for you, but you should know what it is." Yeah. Well, that's the oddest thing, you know. The odd, like, 
I, I know I have a very unpopular opinion, partially with the, the Ripple case, because I don't think it's a far-fetched argument to say that early sales of XRP were securities, not the XRP itself, but the sales. Um, but the, where where the SEC, I think, and I think many people agree with this, is getting out of hand. Uh, is that they're trying to now claim that the digital asset itself, you know, XRP itself is a security and it's a marker of a security. And there's a nominal argument there, but it just doesn't, it, it shouldn't hold water. And right now, Congress is even introducing laws that say, hey, it's unclear in the world as to whether or not an asset itself can be a security. So let's pass this law that says it's not, you know. Um, and if Congress is saying it's, unsec- it's, it's unclear, you know, the SEC can't really argue that it's clear, but that's that's a whole nother, like you said, it's almost a ball of wax. The Ripple case just seems to be very educational as far as how the SEC works, and I'm just going to leave it at that because that's yeah. that gets a whole separate show. Okay, Mr. Titan, you can change subject. <laughs> well, I, I was just excited to get to the platform part because people have been, been hearing all this stuff. Maybe explain a little bit, Jesse, you have two parties to this, right? You have a, a party that's coming on that wants to raise money, and then you have another party coming on that can invest in those those companies who are on the platform. How does that all work together? Yeah, so you have your, 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 your two parties, like you said, and it's important to um, break them up and also break them up right now into where they can be located. Um, right now, I'm a U.S. licensed funding portal, meaning I'm licensed with FINRA. I have my licenses with them, and I have my licenses with the SEC. Um, and what that means is that as for the companies that can raise on my platform, companies that can seek money, they can only be U.S.-based. Um, now, there are if, if there is a non-U.S.-based company, there are ways that they can station a portion of their business in the U.S., but they usually don't want to do that. Um, I do have intentions of ex- expanding into the EU next um, but right now it's starting US-based companies. The investors, the people who are like, hey, I want to buy you know, stock or whatever is being offered, they can be located anywhere as long as they're not in like OFAC-sanctioned countries like Russia or Iran, or they're not individuals who are sanctioned by you know, the regulatory body of, of OFAC. And you know, most people don't really fall into that category unless you're some kind of drug lord or something like that. Um, <laughs> then you can't invest on in my platform, sorry. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, so the general sense is like you have an early uh, you have an early company or person somebody with an idea who's who says well you know either I don't know any VCs you know the traditional funding route is to go to these rich people who then you know have good amount of control over you you either say they either say I don't know any of these virtu- you know, venture capitalists I don't know any of these VCs or I don't want to use them anymore and I want to raise money and I want to raise a million dollars or up to five million dollars in each each year um, they come to my platform and they say like Kickstarter they say here is my product this is what we're going to be doing. And if you invest in me, this is what you'll get. Stock, future interest, tokens, whatever they decide that is. And then you have the investor, the regular person. And this is the important thing and and why I'm really excited about the platform is these are able to be non-accredited investors. So you don't need to be that person who has over a million assets or makes, I don't know, 500,000 last few years, something like that, whatever those numbers are for accredited investors. Um, you can be a regular person, you know, somebody who just wants to do take these, these are risky investments, who wants to try these risky investments to get early stage in a company, maybe find that unicorn that has that billion dollar exit. Um, so they go and they look at the platform and they say, oh, look, Faz Incorporated is, you know, creating whatever. And, and uh, you know, they're going to have their own entertainment media model. And, and yeah, they're I like the sound yeah, of that. They're offering a royalty interest. <laughs> to people who invest in them. And if they make money, I make money. I make passive income. And you choose to invest in them. And you get to pick how much you want to. It, you know, It's not like, hey, we're selling NFTs for 1000 or selling NFTs for $25. It's like you can invest anywhere from $25 to the whole amount, which is a million, up to you. And you each get to pick and choose what you invest. Okay, so this non-accredited accredited investor line, which, which I find interesting, why do a lot of projects or most projects only go for accredited investors? And and what exactly is that for people just to, just to review? Yeah. So accredited investor means like basically who the government has determined is smart, right? It's like you have a lot of money, so you're now smart enough to make risky decisions. That's basically what it means. It's like that was it. It's like let's protect the poor people from themselves is basically what the government said. I don't believe that. Obviously, I wouldn't be creating this platform. Like <laughs> right. um, 
But, um, you know, so it's uh, generally speaking, people would want to go to someone with a lot of money because it's, it's you know, end of day, you might, it's easier to get a million dollars from one person than it is to get a million dollars from a thousand people, right? You know, especially if you know the right people. Um, and you don't potentially want all those people on your cap table, even though with my platform, there's ways to make them all as one line item. But it's just about... It's about who you have access to. It's about the traditional way, you know, up until I think 2015, you couldn't even go to unaccredited investors. It was literally the government said, no, nobody can get involved in these risky investments except for the rich people. And then they passed the Jobs Act, which um, I think it was 20, maybe it was 2012, around there, um, which which introduced this idea of unaccredited investors getting, you know, in early stage. And then very more recently, two years ago or so ago, is when they bumped it up to 5 million and allowed companies to raise up to 5 million each year. Um, so it just wasn't feasible for a while for a company to raise from regular people. Um, but now it's, it's an option available to them. So is it, is it that, um, if you, okay. Um, I get what you say about the, the, the many different people would equal a million dollars, but are there more rules to follow for non-accredited investors? Um, well, so there's different, like there's different ways in which you can offer securities, you know, like there's reg D offerings, which are only with accredited investors. Um, and there's actually like with a reg D offering, you can offer to like 35 non-accredited investors, but they have to be really close to the situation. It's all these random rules. So it just depends under what rule you offer under, but the primary, uh, uh rules that are being offered on my platform are reg CF regulation, crowdfunding and reg a plus. Um, it sounds like reggae, but it's regulation a plus, um, and, and both of those, it, 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 the filing is the exact same, whether they're accredited or, or non-accredited investors. Okay. Awesome. Go for so it, this isn't, yeah, this isn't something that, that if you go to the platform, you're pressured to put money into things, you can kind of peruse around, right. And kind of figure out if there's even anything you like. Yeah, no, no FOMO sales, right? Um, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm legally not able to do that. You know, like I can't, the, the, marketing, yeah, the marketing allowed with these kind of things is very limited. I can go to Twitter and say, hey, look at this thing happening on my platform. I can't be like, if you don't invest in this, you'll die. Um, I can't right. say things like that. Okay, what if, what if YouTubers start making a big deal of, of your projects or your partners they, or whatever? They can, but I can't pay them to do it. You know, I can't be involved in any of that kind of stuff. Um, so you'll know that if they did it, they just found it and they really like it, which is cool. Good for them, you know. Um, but if they're paid by the company, they have to disclose it. Um, by the company, I mean the company issuing, not me. I would never pay them. Um, but yeah, hopefully they disclose it. Otherwise, you know, maybe they just found something cool and they're just really into it. It's the same thing like any YouTuber can go on and, and hype like Tesla, right? Or any stock out there. And you can make and a million dollars if you just bought a Tesla and delivered pieces for them. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> so, so these these how do you how do you find the companies to uh, come raise money there? Do they come to you? Do you go out looking for them? How does that work? Yeah, that's a good question. I actually think it ties into. I'm going to um, talk about Zoro because he, he asked the question just like that. Do we have projects in mind with the launch? Um, and uh, shout out to CryptoView and Zoro. I love those guys. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I see them hitting up the comments. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, so right now it started with. Um, uh, I, I, the, the prime reason that I launched the platform, I and mean, the, the platform's last, we lost fast. Um, yeah, I see that. Yeah, the platform, should we wait or do I just keep going? No, 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 go right ahead. We're live now. Okay, the the platform is live um, and it's usable and a, a company could issue on it right now. But the biggest reason that I announced my launch is so that I could say, hey, look, you know, hey, companies out there, I'm live. If you want to list, here is my interest form. Um, so it started out with when I was first doing it kind of in, um, in like a, the stealth mode, I was talking to a, a bunch of people I've met in the in different communities in the blockchain communities and things like that. Many of which are are building these like amazingly cool projects. 
um, and they were blown. A few of them were blown away by um, what we're building, and you know, want to be the first offering. So I have a couple lined up that that want to offer, and we're probably going to be doing it sometime in, in June. Is probably the thought process. But in the last week since I made that announcement and said, you know, here's my here's my sheet. I've gotten another uh, another ten another ten companies that are extremely interested. I'd say, you know, realistically, probably maybe three of them, if I had to guess, will end up actually doing. Because it's just like that's the law of how things always work. But um, there are some really cool things. I wish I could talk about them, but I'd be violating, you know, the laws and also violating uh, contracts that are in place to not. Talk. I, I've got one more, and then I'll let you loose, Faz. Um, with that, another another big thing I noticed in the article that was put out recently, they highlighted the vetting process, and I don't want to gloss over that. So this isn't just anybody, you know, Mister Pseudonymous can come to you and and throw their stuff on the platform. There's a big vetting process that goes on before people can even come close to your platform. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So there has to be a very minimum, um, and and especially in early days, I'm not just going to let anyone come on the platform. But at a very minimum, there has to be um, a background check into anybody with over 25% of the company, um, and there also has to be a basic Google check on them, which is so ironic that like that's part of the the laws. <laughs> like you have to Google right. search them. Um, but you know, it's it is Google is one of the most reliable background checks out there. Um, but yeah, so it, it involves background checks. But the important thing that's going to keep hammering people over the head on the platform is just because they're there. I can't vet everything. So it's not me saying, hey, you know, these are 100% good people, you know, but mm -hmm. we've done a background check. We've looked into them. We think they're a good offering, but we, we can't in any way endorse them. Mm -hmm. One step yeah. further. Yeah, uh, I see Old Man Smithers in the comments, and uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about this, but I, I guess I get to decide that. But Old Man Smithers is going to be the first <laughs> employee. So, Wow, congratulations, yeah. oh. OMS. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully he's he's okay with me talking about that. What, what's it take to be an employee? <laughs> well, if he isn't, it's too late. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the Discord, he has the tag as an employee, so it is what it is. Uh, what's well, it take to be an employee at Sea Starter? What, what what will your employees be doing? Well, it just depends on you know. There's going to be a lot of a lot of jobs. Hopefully, right? Like we have to if we're you know if we're unsuccessful, there's going to be no jobs there. Um, <laughs> but right now, you know, in terms of like the things that we need, the most important is you know. Uh, what we will be looking for once we uh, raise funds ourselves is I'm going to be looking for a compliance lawyer. You know, I've been a lawyer. I've been a compliance lawyer myself, but I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to be a lawyer ever again. Um, so I want someone to, to slide into that role. Um, we're trying to build a community. So we're going to be looking for like a community manager type person, somebody who is really going to be active in, in the discord and, and that, you know, uh, marketing type roles are extremely important. In terms of like somebody like OMS, I mean, right now he's, he's basically like carrying me on anything technical. Um, you know, Doc helps me here and there as well. But especially with like Discord setup, because I can't even do basic things like assigning roles properly. When I do, nobody can chat in any channel. Um, but I think a lot of what um, you know, things like he will do is is working with the issuers to properly make sure they have all the documents and they're set up with our platform properly um, to to make sure that you know it looks good, it feels good, they know what they're doing, you know, we know what they're doing, and we can move forward with an issuance. Very good. Okay, um, so some of my I actually had some additional questions written down, but we talked about those in Faz Radio Premium. Um, so I'm going to rehash some things that we talked about in Faz Radio Premium, uh, not the exact stuff. Um, um, in in that, I had asked uh, about who was associated with with your project, and I had said, uh, and I found out that you have partners and advisors uh, associated with uh, Seed Starter. Could you go into that a little bit and who they might be, and what they might do? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's actually good you asked this again because I, I, I realized that I forgot to clarify something with partners. Um, so it's very important that I make it clear that they're like network partners, meaning like when I uh, bring a partner on board, it's it means, hey, this is somebody who I really like what they're doing. And I think that they are creating an opportunity where others might 
be able to fundraise. You know, so an example of that is the partner that I just announced is called Astrals. You know, they are uh, in entertainment, uh, basically a label in a sense uh, on the that's building on the XRP ledger. And right now they're supporting artists who are doing like NFT um, launches and and you know selling them uh, on the XRP ledger. Um, and something that is really cool is that you know these artists and artists that they're going to be signing are really interested in the idea of um, of royalties. You know, rather than having to get their funding from the traditional label way selling a security where people have a passive income interest in how successful their songs are. Um, and so this is like a network partnership where I'm not saying, hey, everybody that goes under their label, I'm uh, I'm saying they're great or they're going to be, you know, you're going to make money on. But this is a good opportunity for us to work together, for us to foster an environment where their artists now have a platform that, you know, outside of their NFT sales, you know, it's really cool. I love selling, you know, the idea of NFTized songs or NFTized anything, right? I don't even know if that's a word, NFTized, but <laughs> regardless. Um, but if they want to actually... <laughs> yeah, if they want to actually go to to selling those royalty interests and allowing people to literally invest in them, not just like enjoy their work and own a piece of their work, but to invest in them, they can do it on a platform. So we have a couple of partners. That's the only one I've announced right now. Um, and we also have a bunch of advisors. Um, I think uh, we have six that we've announced. We're going to announce another three uh, tomorrow. And these advisors are people that like are handpicked that just have so much experience in what they're doing. And I recognize that they can help me in in their areas, you know, in what they do and uh, and have already some of them have just provided so much uh, invaluable or valuable input to me that I just had to recognize it immediately. Very cool. <clears throat> so what is the game plan over the next few months? How is this going to roll out? Yeah. Um, so we just announced that we are live, right? And the the idea is that it's more about taking in names of uh, companies that are going to issue. Um, I, I just got a message on, on on LinkedIn from a company that is interested, and I was I, I thought it was really cool um, because a lot of people who are contacting me, it's funny. A lot of them um, are, are XRP Ledger related, uh, which is cool because that's like where I started. And I really really love the idea of people issuing securities using the XRP Ledger because that's just like kind of ironic that the very ironic so <laughs> um, but yeah it's just so cool um but going from there it's 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 about um you know right now i like to compare my platform to like the amazon books of a platform it works it does what it needs to do it was enough to get finra approval but it's ugly right it's, it doesn't have everything in the world i'm a startup and i'm an early startup if you look at it you'll say okay you know i see it does what it needs to do if i want to invest i get what i'm doing um but we're doing a whole revamp of the the platform and that should be done in uh, you know developers tell me 30 days which from my experience means 90 um so you know probably probably three months. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see but that that's so the revamp um is is coming but um i'm hoping to at least have one or two people go live on just the, the regular platform as is um in in june and then you know continue to, to continue, continue to grow from there so when can investors line up to get a do they have to get an account on on seed starter or can they just show up yeah. So, um, I mean, anybody can, when it's live, right? I mean, the website is live for looking, but when offers are live, when a company is coming, mm -hmm. hey, I'm doing this, anybody can see it. Anybody can come to the platform and see what's um, what's being offered. Um, but they can only invest by actually signing up and logging in. And there is a KYC process. These are securities. So, you know, what comes with securities is what's going to scare some people in blockchain away is that they, the government needs to know who you are because you're it gets filed. Um, so there is that whole KYC, know your customer, meaning like you uh, you get uh, you get checked out basically. It's not like I plaster that new in, on the information. <laughs> I, I don't plaster that information on, on Twitter or whatever, but it is in, in my database, and you know that database is secure. Um, but you you have to you have to register, and then you can gain access to actually investing. 
So is that done via a wallet, via bank transfer? I mean, is this going to be something different and new that people have to learn, or is this going to be kind of familiar stuff, ACH? Yeah, so it's very basic and familiar to everyone. It's going to be primarily ACH and uh, credit card. I mean, you could even wire transfer if you're really the kind of person who likes to go into your bank and do it that way. Um, but I think the the cool thing that I'm working on that I, you know, I can talk about, but I can't say it's going to come because it's very unclear about whether the government is going to approve this one, is the idea of accepting crypto payments. Um, because right now with the government, you can't do it. And it makes sense because one important thing about this platform is that anybody can come around and invest money and they can decide on, you know, on day one. And let's say it's a 30 day campaign where the company says, OK, on day 30, we're taking everything and we're closing investing. And if you invest on day one, on day 29, you can pull out everything that you've put in. Now, if you put it in in, I don't know, Dogecoin or whatever, on day 29, what you have could look a lot different. And no bank is, you know, it, no bank is going to want to custody Dogecoin. So it has to be converted to USD. Um, so essentially what happens is we're talking about putting a payment provider in the front who does an auto transfer from whatever cryptocurrency you want that they support to USD. And then you understanding that if you want to pull your money back, you're going to get it as USD. You're not going to get it in the currency that you, you, you paid over. But at the very least, if you want to pay in a cryptocurrency, you can. And I do think there is a hope for me to be able to get that over the line. I just need to work with the, the proper regulators over that. So you're focusing on simple, easy, and eventually beautiful. Hopefully, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's what the space needs. And I, I think we were talking a little bit earlier about the, the way that that looks, right? Because your typical crypto investor doesn't like the idea of KYC. They don't like the idea of USD. Um, how, are you, how are you going to approach that with, with the people who come on board? I mean, is, are you going to be targeting any specific type of, of person? Are you leaning more towards blockchain people, leaning more towards your normal stock market investors? Yeah. Um, user acquisition is a tough one, right? And day one, honestly, it just, uh, it's not, it's not my, I mean, it needs to be something that I'm primarily concerned with, but my first target is about getting the right issuers on board because the right companies, uh, because I think if the right opportunities come along, um, people are, are going to come, you know, it, you know, if you can get invested in that cool company that just got, uh, that's uh, supported by Algorand or supported by Ripple or supported by whatever, you know, and you're a big fan of that blockchain, you might be like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in that. Whereas like user acquisition is tough. It's a, it's a hard thing to do. Um, the primary people that we are looking for uh, in terms of companies are, it is my goal to work with companies that want to do something with the blockchain, whether it's issuing securities on the blockchain or providing some sort of blockchain service, you know, something that, is less than just like using blockchain as like marketing tool or whatever. Um, so the the hope is the the general investor will probably be a cryptocurrency enthusiast, but more of the crypto enthusiasts that are less like the you know, DGen culture, which I love. You know, I, I'm an advocate of, but more of the ones who are like, I'm buying this thing because I'm investing in this company, and I think that if this company does well, even though it's not an investment, it's not a security, if this company does well, I'll do well. And those are the people that I don't think will have a problem with this kind of, you know, these kinds of processes. Well, it sounds like to me that it's a way to diversify personally, because using crypto for speculation, using crypto for currency, and then using crypto for securities. I mean, it, it seems like this is a missing area that, that has long needed to be filled up. And of course, it sounds like the, the, the U.S. government would prefer that you stay only in this area. <laughs> Whatever the case is, it seems like you're adding to the, the crypto sphere and not not redefining anything. Yeah, that's what I feel. Um, but I'm sure many people will tell me I'm wrong. So, <laughs> so let's let's maybe as much as you can say about the back end of this. Meaning, I I come to the platform because I love the Faz brand and Faz is raising money to make this uh, huge television thing, right? And I, I believe in FAS, so I, I invest with, with FAS. 
investment closes, he goes, does his thing. What happens then? Do I do I get the royalties? How do I get the royalties? Is it through the platform? Is, is it, it through Fad? other ways? Is, is it that Seed Starter just enabled Faz here and Faz has to correspond? Right. That's great. Thanks for clarifying. That's what I meant. Is it Faz's responsibility to take care of it or is that still through Seed Starter at that point? Yeah. So primarily we're a conduit um, of uh, you know connecting issuers, connecting companies with the people. Like um, Kickstarter. Like Kickstarter, yeah. And going forward, it is a thing where it's going to be on the company, it's going to be on FAS to continue to communicate. Now, you can do it through the platform, the capability is there, the functionality is there, or you can decide to take it off the platform and do whatever you want. In terms of what the user gets, you know, that's really going to depend on what FAS decided to issue. You know, if you decided you were going to issue a royalty and it's going to be a token, it is going to be on you to deliver that token and to deliver those royalty payments. Now, down the line, we have goals of spinning up different entities that are going to... Uh, assist companies like creating a tool that's basically like you know if you want to create a security click this button you know you know how there's like token generation tools uh mm -hmm. the idea of like a security generation tool is cool another thing that would love to do down the line is something like a secondary marketplace for these securities so they are tradable amongst users you know because the thing is like if 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 you issue a token that itself is a security, if you decide that token is a security, you can't take it to Coinbase or, or Binance or whatever because they won't trade those securities. Now, if you package something as security and it's, the token's not a security, it's fine. But for the people who want to issue securities like or want those securities to be tradable on a secondary market, that market needs to be made for them. They can't just like take it anywhere. Um, so that is a future goal is to be able to have that additional secondary market. Wow, you've got a lot of plans in the works. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. <laughs> yeah. but, it's just getting bigger and bigger the more I hear about it. Yeah, and I do want to make it extremely clear that like it, this isn't like a case of me being like, oh, I'm going to do all these 10 things at once. It's I want to master the first thing before I get on to the second thing. But it's always good to have what those plans of what growth really looks like to you. And what growth looks like to me is having this platform that's extremely efficient, having a tool that allows people to issue securities on blockchain, and having a secondary marketplace for people to be able to trade it amongst each other for liquidity. So can others build onto your product then? Uh, what your company does maybe maybe there's other areas that you can't do right now or or becomes too big i don't know marketing or something like that for for these partners oh certainly yeah like if, if somebody wants to be like hey i want to be a marketing platform that specifically helps companies that are raising uh yeah totally they can do that or if they want to create other utilities like or if they want to beat me to the market of building that security that to, that like uh security token generator you know I would be happy to see that happen. I'm, I'm a big supporter of other people doing things and making that their primary job and doing it better than I would have done. I could, I could see exchanges wanting to get in on this, actually. I would love to see that. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, they could have a separate division, you know, the securities division that handles all of the things that are classified on the security side or contract side. I could see that, and, and that would go a long way with the regulators, too, I think, by seeing them uh, starting to, to walk into the compliance store that way. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of that, if they really want to do the security side, they'll have to register as broker dealers. I don't know if they're interested in doing that, but um, uh, it would be really cool. You know, I'd really love to see that happen. Um, is might there, be forced to. So, <laughs> right. I, I don't know if we how much we've talked about this, but if um, if uh, I'm trying to think, if a person if a person wanted to get involved with Seed Starter. Is it only through the companies that you're hosting? Is there any way to get involved with Seedstarter itself? Say, so get in on profit sharing with, with Seedstarter? Yeah. Um, so I have to be very limited in how much I can talk about this, but there is a site um, that's live and, and there's uh, that, that anybody can look at, you know, and, and I can provide this to anyone and it's in my Discord as well. Um, there's going to be a Seedstarter token. That token is a royalty token. Uh, the holders of that token will receive a 
uh, portion of my gross of the platform's gross revenue, not net directly gross revenue, um, in terms of how that's going to be issued and sold or whatever. Uh, I can't talk about that, unfortunately. But yes, there there is there is a token, there is a revenue interest in the platform, and I'm very excited about being able to talk about that. Is it a decentralized token? <laughs> It's a security <laughs> token, so it's definitely not decentralized. It's very centralized. <laughs> so Zorro had a question here. Jesse, any special live events, seminars, or anything coming along with the launch of Seed Starter? Uh, not that I've planned just yet, um, but if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear it. You know, Right now, I'm just kind of spinning up the coming on channels and talking to people and podcasts and things like that. Um, but I, so, I, so I guess that's kind of the live events. I, you know, I was on a podcast uh, a couple, or sorry, on a YouTube show a day or two ago and i think that should be coming out maybe tomorrow or something and i'll be on another one next week but other than that i don't i don't think i have any live events planned but i would love to if you have ideas we have lava what is the main difference between seed starter and similar projects like republic kickstarter etc yeah so i think uh that's a great question and i think they can break them in because there's three different things there's republic um there's kickstarter and let's say like linkto um so republic is the that's the model of what Seedstarter is. It's a funding portal. It's an equity crowdfunding platform that allows uh, companies to come and to raise money from unaccredited individuals. It's the exact same general idea. Where I'm really trying to branch away from Republic is um, and, and other equity crowdfunding platforms out there is how I do it. I'm trying to really connect with a, lunch, a bunch of like partners, network partners that are building things that others want to build off of. Because that's what crypto has really brought to the, to the world, right? Is um, being able to work with founders of companies and build onto those companies and, and things like that. So I'm trying to position myself in the world of specifically in the blockchain, but in other spaces with companies that have others that want to come to their platform and raise. Um, and I know I'm going fast, but I noticed there wasn't much time and I'm trying to get through the question. So I'll, I'll kick back to No, Republic. it's okay. Okay. Uh, go, Kickstarter... Go Kickstarter is um, it's fundraising, but you don't get any equity interest. You know where my platform is about some form of security, some form of equity, um, some form of royalty, whatever that is in, in the platform. Whereas Kickstarter isn't like that. Um, Linkdo is a platform where if you hold stock in a company, they make secondary markets for you. And let's say, for example, you are an early employee of a company and you had uh, stock option rights and you bought your stock options, so now you have those as stocks. There's a chance that you'll be able to sell them on Linkdo. Um, now, unfortunately, if you're with a company that never went public or never took a second round of funding or, or a round of funding, you probably won't be able to sell those. Um, so Linkdo is more about users trading amongst each other, um, things that have already gotten funding um, before they've gone public. Uh, whereas my platform is more about a company finding a way to raise funding um, and not have to do it through traditional VCs, but raise through the crowd, which is kind of like the beauty of blockchain. Wonderful. CryptoView, Jesse, is the first tokens will have an ICO now that you're registered with the SEC? Um, so it, I wouldn't call them an ICO and I think that's uh, a big, you know, a big reason is like ICO screams unregistered security, but whoever, <laughs> whoever decides that they want to issue a token that is a security on the platform, they will, they'll do it in one of two ways. Either they'll say, Hey, this token is security and they will register that token. Um, and they'll sell it on the platform. So it is a sale of the token. The other is that they'll say, Hey, this sale itself is a security. The token is not, but the sale is. And they'll still be able to sell the token. It could be to US residents and everything. And the actual sale itself will be registered with the SEC as well. Very, very good answer. I know I know. getting into that's a little tough because you can't say a lot about that stuff. Um, so over, over the next uh, couple of months, we're going to see a lot of these things that we've talked about come to fruition. How can the community help get the word out about Seedstarter? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm never going to complain with likes on, on Twitter, right? Like any kind of sharing and likes and comments are, are really great um, because it's uh, 
Twitter algorithms are really based on that, right? Like likes and comments and things like that. Um, but really most important, what I, what I would love to see is more people come into the Discord um, and communicate, ask questions, have conversations, you know, look at our documents and let me know the thoughts, you know, what you think I'm doing right, what you think I'm doing wrong, you know, and just having those conversations. Because if you really think about it, what I really think is going to separate my platform from a lot is that I want to have a massively healthy Discord community, you know, where you have a community of people who are really interested in what's happening and everything that's um, being built and, and things like that. And then a company's going to come along and say, oh, wow, look at all these people in this Discord community. Look at all these people who might want to invest in me. And they're all just here already, you know, just hanging out, talking and, and being uh, active. And, and so conversation draws conversation. You know, right now, if you go into the Discord, you'll see that there's not much happening. I also just announced there's only like 70 members, right? But, you know, as we grow, the more conversation, the more questions, you know, it just sparks more people's interest and draws more people in. So all that would be great. That's awesome. We, we like at CFA to support to the max the people who are doing things the right way. Uh, I think that everything that that I know about this, uh, this venture you're making and uh, the questions that we talked about here tonight, I think this is a fantastic step in the right direction. And I think that this is something that the space desperately needs to give it even just to get it a little bit more legitimate in people's minds. I mean, here's here you are. You're you're sticking yourself out there and saying, listen, we're doing things the right way and we can prove it. So that to me is just absolutely huge. And I hope that a lot of people uh, can understand the gravity of that as well. I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've, I've always tried to do things the, the right way. And, you know, I can tell you, uh, not many people know that much about me, um, but I really, really, really uh, don't enjoy going on like uh, showing my face in like YouTube things or going to events and things <laughs> like that. So like just being here is, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to get used to it. Right. But just being here is like a lot for me. And, uh, you know, I really appreciate how, you know, it's easy to talk to you guys, right? I've also known you for a, a while, but I am really, really, really excited about this. So, yeah. That's that's awesome. We're excited as well. Um, any final thoughts, Mr. Faz? We're coming up on an hour here. No, I'm, I'm all out, actually. So that, that's a, uh, I, I just want to say, I, I definitely wish you luck on this. I, I'm going to be very interested in, in following this one. Uh, very interested in, in uh, uh, seeing what the partners are up to also. Um, you know, uh, hopefully we can we can be reporting more on you in the future. Thank you. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan myself. Um, I think that's been pretty obvious over the, the last uh, few weeks. This is, I think, once you realize what this is for, for the listeners, once you realize the what this platform brings to this space, I think you're going to be as excited as I am about it. And These are early um, days. These are early yeah, days. This specific kind of crypto thing offering. Yeah, it, it it's merging two things that that people thought were oil and water. And you're going out there and you're proving that it doesn't have to be oil and water. It can mix just fine and it can do a lot of good for people, especially those who always wanted to invest in these startups, who missed the Googles, who missed the Microsofts, who missed all that stuff. There's opportunity here. Not all of them are going to be that way, right? There's no guarantees in this by any means. But at the same time, it just gives opportunity. It's better than the super lotto, right? Yeah, and 99 <laughs> out of 100 of them are going to fail, right? And that's the important thing. And the platform will it literally like hits people over the face time and time again saying, hey, this is risky. You know, don't invest too much. Don't invest more than you can lose. Is uh, You can lose everything. These are early days. Mm -hmm. You know, this company could rug you and that happens. You know, unfortunately, that's just the, the way of the world. It happens everywhere. Um, but, you know, if you do find that that one unicorn, right? And I love the word unicorn, um, but that company that has that billion dollar IPO, 
it's life-changing. You know, people can really change their lives with just that, just that one out of a thousand, a million. I don't actually know the statistics, so don't quote me on that. But, you know, it really, it really is exciting. And you feel like you're ground floor with these, these early stage companies and you feel more in, invested in them. And for the companies, it's pretty great that like when you, when you raise versus a VC, which is one person, that's great and everything. But when you raise with a thousand people, you now have a thousand customers who want you to succeed and who are out there, you know, shouting about you to the rooftops, tweeting about you, talking about you because mm -hmm. they're invested well, hey, in you and they win if you win. Hey now, a thousand a thousand customers also means a thousand people who get butt hurt about things yeah. if you do things the wrong way. Isn't it I think it's just really easy to do everything the right way, I, you know, I would imagine. <laughs> no, it is. And you're absolutely right. It it brings together um the ability for that community to interact and be a part of something. People want to be a part of something in life, right? It's bigger than just them on their own. You have you have your churches that do that. You have your community centers. You have your veteran groups. You have your gaming guilds. I mean, you name it. People want that that togetherness, and you're bringing the best of both sides of this together. Um, so, yeah, please keep doing what you're doing because you've got a lot of people excited about this, and I think you're going to do very well at this. Thank you. I appreciate it. And you've been, awesome. you know, I just, I just want to thank you because you have, you have been one of the, one of the nicest people to me, which is a surprise if you look at us from a year ago, right? Um, exactly. <laughs> you, uh, you, you, you've like given me so much information, so much input and so much support over, over the last like, uh, what's it been nine months now or something? I feel like it's been forever since been I've been building this and it's, it's just been, it's really meant a lot to me. Thank you, Jesse. I've, I've loved every minute of it as well. All awesome. Right. Mr. Fez, you want to take us out of here and I'll hit the button? Yeah. All right. Uh, so uh, hopefully this is the first of, of, of more talks we have on Seed Starter. Um, I'd like to follow this one along if, if possible. Um, but yeah, uh, we, we promised an hour and it looks like we're, we're going to be nailing it on an hour. So uh, let's let's see this one out. Awesome. I we'll talk to you. Button. No, I know. We'll, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night on Faz Radio. Jesse, thank you for spending time with thank us tonight you, and we will thank catch you. up with you again soon. Bye bye, everyone.